0: Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change.
1: All right, this is, uh, once again, Bo Nikoi, and today I have with us Matthew Matty uh from Nazareth, Texas, a uh, longtime friend of mine, uh, and we're going to just uh, talk about our health and wellness journey and see where it goes from there. All right, I'm glad to be here. This should be fun. Um, we have no topic. We were discussing prior to starting this um, this discussion, what we we're going to talk about, and we came up with too many ideas, so we did not narrow them down. So we're going to go from there. Um, Maddie, uh growing up in the panhandle, uh, just kind of give me insight to what you thought about health and wellness, if you thought anything, or is it just I'm young, I'm strong, I'm a football player, go with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was no talk about health and wellness
0: uh, and not i'm not saying that was the fault of anybody but growing up in the panhandle in a town of a few hundred people that's not a thought especially growing up in the 90s so yeah we went through life and school and we ate chicken fried steak and bags of doritos and drank gatorade like it was going out of style health wasn't a concern because i was healthy so if you're playing football and
1: eating a uh, what you think is a good diet, then you got nothing to worry about, right? For sure. Um, tell me the restaurant scene in Nazareth, Texas, then and now.
0: <laughs> there is no restaurant in Nazareth, Texas. Or, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Growing up, there was one uh, quasi-restaurant called The 19th Hole, which was a liquor store that also served lunch. <laughs> and, that, That's and, and then uh, someone put in a, a convenience store called the nas stop and you could go there and get a hamburger and that was about it so needless to say it was a closed campus for lunch nobody was uh nobody was running a mcdonald's or anything in nazareth texas so you uh you had to eat the school lunch you had to eat the school lunch every day yeah sarah and i were just talking about this it's crazy when i was in high school nobody carried a backpack and nobody brought their own lunch and i cannot figure out why
1: uh, maybe they didn't make backpacks back then.
0: No, I think they did. I think elementary kids had them. And now everybody, who works, I have a backpack that I've been carrying for a decade. Huh.
1: And do you have lunch in there? I usually have lunch in there too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, give me the typical in the backpack lunch for Maddie. Oh, and by the way, Sarah's his wife. Uh, he yes. mentioned her earlier, um, but that's his wife. They have two kids. Um, I'll let Maddie expand yeah. on.
0: Yeah two boys august and bennett they are nine and eleven and uh yeah we've had a well talking before the podcast i was thinking man if i could sit down for a few minutes with the someone who's a bariatric surgeon you would think that they knew a ton about health and fitness and you know food and vitamins and minerals and you're one of the you're one of the i think you're the second doctor that told me you know if you've read one book about Diet and exercise, and you've read as much as most most uh, physicians have. You know, Dag's the I think the first guy who said, "Man, you uh, if you've read one book about immunizations or diet or exercise, then you've read more than most physicians." Because we, as me, as a you know what you would call a very non-clinical person, you assume that every doctor knows all the things about the body. So, no doubt. Bo, you have friends texting you pictures of their kids' broken arm, asking what they should do, and you're saying, that's not what I do.
1: (laughs) Put a band-aid on it.
0: Yeah, go see a doctor. But now you've spent the last couple of years diving deeper and deeper into health and nutrition. You and Bo and and Peterson, I think all of you are kind of on that journey. So it would be interesting. If I were listening to this podcast, I would be thinking – what would Bo tell me about, you know, what I wish every patient or just every American knew about
1: health? Where would you start? Well, I was just at home for Thanksgiving, um, which was pretty eye opening. Um, and it, the, the problem is, it's just not just it's not, it's not just one thing. Right. Well, I guess if, if, if I could say there's one thing I want everybody to know is that the world from a nutritional standpoint is against you. Um every restaurant, every food maker, everything in the grocery store. Um, when we sit down and kind of scratch our heads as to why are we having an obesity, uh, problem worldwide, you know, United States wide. Um, it, it, it comes down to how we make food, how we process it, what we do with it, uh, how we prepare it. Uh, and there's a lot of offshoots. In that conversation uh, that require some some depth, but I'm I'm sure we'll cover a few of those uh, today with this podcast. Yeah. Um, now we've been, you know, friends, workout buddies, uh, in business associates. Uh, so let's go back to friend, workout partner, uh, element of our of our life. Uh, cause I think, you know, we, we became friends kind of when I was going through this kind of nutritional revolution in my, you know, in my own brain, mm-hmm. um, just any, any specific conversation that sticks out to you is, man, I really walked away with something worthwhile. What, what one specific thing would you think? Uh, between us? Yeah.
0: Hmm. That's a good question. You know, the, <laughs> the, out of all the conversations we've had, The thing that – one thing I made a change is doing – sitting in saunas. You know, you you were on that kick of – uh, the benefits of sweating and you bought that sauna and I ended up, I, I think before that I had bought that, that at home chair sauna, yeah, the, uh, the balloon sauna, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the $85 sauna, which, which does actually work uh, infrared chair that you zip yourself up in. I forgot what it's called, but you can find it on Amazon. And I used that thing a ton, um, sweated, sweated lots of gallons in that thing.
1: Yeah. Well, what, what perceived benefit just physically? Like what did you take away from
0: that oh i may not be the right person to ask you know that was part of trying a dozen different things uh when i was having a really hard time with my health so i don't know if i'm the best person to ask because it it wasn't that wasn't uh, having a major impact on on how i felt at the time so
1: yeah well you know for for people listening uh you know sauna um uh, I kind of equated that uh, growing up, like you went to like a really fancy hotel and it had a sauna in it. I was like, who the heck uses this thing? Who wants to go sweat? You know. Um, but I think you know when you really get down into the benefits of using a sauna. Um, number one, you're just you're getting rid you're getting getting rid of toxins uh, that build up in our body. Um, number two, uh, just pushing yourself from a from an adaptability standpoint um you know there's plenty of books written out there about the comfortable nature of life that we live in and what we meant to live that way you know so because we don't you know sprint away from tigers and i don't have to worry about who's going to raid my neighborhood tomorrow uh what what element of discomfort do i have in my life uh and if it's not much we then perceive other things as difficult Right? So now filing my taxes is really stressful. Um, or, you know, dropping my kid off at school, trying to not get caught up in that 45 minute line. That becomes really stressful. Uh, I'm not saying that stuff's not stressful, uh, but I think what Asana does is it kind of puts a few things into perspective, just mm. kind of the kind of the sucky nature of sitting in there for 20 minutes mm. um, and making yourself sit there. And then you kind of get into the chemical benefits. Uh, You know, heat shock proteins, uh, immunity boosting. Um, When I was asking about perceived benefits, one of the biggest perceived benefits I saw is just sleep, Mm -hmm. just deeper sleep. Uh, Any time I would use the sauna, um, just waking up the next morning feeling really recovered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any of that? Uh, Not only from the sauna, but when I brought
0: in the, what do you call it, the ice bath with it? Cold exposure, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I did see a a few times the next morning and pretty much half of the day after doing that I
1: would have a tremendous amount of energy for a short period of time which was odd yeah well you know we'll post this on Facebook anybody that's listening to this and has a really great sauna or cold bath um, story please please feel free to list that Uh, and if you ever want to geek out about it we're available Um, now cold cold exposure is a different different monster uh, were you doing ice or just mm-hmm. tap water or ice yep. ice uh, when you first got in how long did you last first first trip uh i was with you the first time if i remember right you went five minutes like first time
0: uh no i think who else was there uh, probably
1: william or william was there yeah.
0: and uh william was outside because you and i were in there set in the sauna and i got in the ice bath and two minutes later jumped out and I was like, man, that's not for me. Yeah. And then the second time you and William were there coaching through breathing exercises. And that's when I made it the full, I don't remember how long yeah, it was. Three,
1: three minutes is the prescribed dose. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, William Ware, your, uh, your local banker at Amarillo National, is a health and wellness guru. Um, if you ever see him on the street, I'm sure he'll talk to you about it. Um, yeah, cold exposure brings a whole other element of uh, just adaptability uh, from an immune standpoint recovery standpoint uh but i think we're we're kind of getting off in the in the bushes about sure. hot and cold exposure <laughs> if anybody's really interested and you just don't know how to get started just you know at the end of your warm shower every night just turn it to cold water for about one minute and once you get comfortable with that and you want more then then you kind of look at ice baths yeah. and things of that nature yeah. um now going back to physicians and doctors not understanding nutrition so you said if if you've read one book about health and wellness, you've probably read more than most physicians uh, and you wished that uh, doctors knew more, how do you change that? You know, Mm -hmm. know, I mean, you're you're changing medical school curriculum uh, where, you know, medical school only teaches us how to take care of sick things. Right. Right. How to it's sick care. It's not well care. Mm -hmm. Um, So if, you know, if we, if you if you think about it, you really have to change the whole basis of medical education to understand how to keep people healthy. Uh, this is this is a disclaimer, right? M- you know, medical schools and doctors aren't versed in how to to make people healthy, get people healthy, or keep them healthy. That's usually a very specific physician that does that. What give me give me your thoughts on? Yeah, I think
0: and I want to be clear. I I didn't I don't think I said I wish doctors knew more about nutrition. I you was should just, wish that, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe, but also so this is the conversation Sarah, my wife and I have had because Sarah as you know, she is very much into wellness and you know, reading up on all natural and what foods are best and natural remedies and things like that. And she will get frustrated with the medical system and now, after, you know, I didn't come from the medical world, but now, you know, we do marketing for doctor's offices. So I'm in a lot of doctor's offices, having conversations with lots of doctors. And I see the other side of it, which is, well, that's not what I was trained to do. You know, as a physician, you have a, you have an entire life going on here in this clinic and it, it revolves it, it, you guys, not as much, but if you're, you know, if you're in pain or your general practice or you have a job to do which is to see lots and lots of people and usually broken up into what 15 minute blocks and to hear them out to use all the training and knowledge and experience you have to help solve the problem that they've got and do a good job and take care of them and then you have other patients to see and I think lots of people in the general public would say oh gosh i wish the doctor could spend an hour with me and hear my entire story and how this how this pain started in my lower leg and how it started to creep up to my back and and i, I get that and i wish they could too but the the whole system is not set up that way and it's it's not going to be that way i mean am i wrong yeah but i just don't know the fix i uh, think the the problem we're talking about maybe is too big i
1: don't i don't think we're going to we could probably solve it but not here
0: in 20 minutes on this podcast but
1: yeah well I mean I can you know just speaking out loud and uh, you know my whole uh, bent here was yeah as a surgeon I don't I don't have 30 45 minutes to sit down and have that conversation with you that I really think you need Uh, so that's that's why we're doing the podcast that was one of our original uh, uh, reasons for doing it is hey let's continue this conversation let's have you know talk about those things that everybody wants to really talk about uh, we just don't have time to address them but it's also where you know we went to that health coaching model uh, was you know a health coach you know and what I, what I mean by health coach not somebody that's specifically a nurse a nurse practitioner a PA or a doctor or a registered dietitian but somebody that really is versed in looking at you as a whole human um, and my real desires was that that you know nutrition exercise health and wellness looks different for everybody right and that that's what i that's you know hopefully that's what we'll get Hmm. you know is what you and i view as health and, and wellness but it's you know hormonal responses are different based off genetics you know are you or do your genetics allow you to be more carb tolerant or fat tolerant or you know, what, what, what is your genetics kind of point you towards, uh, from a fueling standpoint? Um, that's what we thought health coaches would, would definitely fit in, uh, to be able to spend that hour, to be able to spend that, mm-hmm. you know, that time to really answer questions and dive into what you're doing right and what you're doing, you know, what, what you may be doing wrong. Um, and we have that here at our clinic. I'm not going to say a lot of people have taken advantage of it though. Uh, and it's, you know, people view us as a surgical clinic, uh, where I'm going to come get weight loss surgery. Uh, and I get it. You don't want to go see the same person 600 times in the course of, you know, well, 600 is slight exact, you know, exaggeration, but you know, where do you want that home to be for your health and wellness mm-hmm. guidance? You know, th- it, is it goop? Is it, uh, is it Facebook? Is right. it, you know, Google? Uh, because if you're not seeking it, you'll definitely not find it. Right. Um, so, you know, we wanted, we wanted to be the hub. We wanted people to not just see us as a surgical clinic, but, hey, what does that lifestyle look like? Um, but that's where we were hoping to go with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. It,
0: man, it seems like if you are the type of person that would – take advantage of those resources you're also the type of person who's going to be your own you know you you're in some ways you got to be be your own physician be your own coach you've got to uh, the problem today is and you know if anyone's listening to this, we hope, besides, we hope listening besides, to this. besides me and you later <laughs> <laughs> you know the the problem is not that we have too little information now it's that we have too much right there's there i don't think anybody is overweight or unhealthy because they just can't find the right information right mm-hmm. the the issue is if you go out and look for information all of a sudden you're in arguments of you know how much vitamin c you need and you know, oh, i heard that you should be eating keto well, i heard that you should be eating you know there, there's a million diets there's a million supplements there's a million ways to do it i think because we're constrained by time if you now because you started at one end of the spectrum literally where most people would say man this is getting really serious for the future of my health and my life. I'm going to have a surgical procedure. Now you guys have studied and backed yourself upstream to now you guys are coaching people. I mean, you're, you have, you know, uh, uh, like Hanning's coming to you for uh, really specific advice and medical, uh, you know, how to, how to, you're coaching people on nutrition. Mm-hmm. So if you could take all that experience and boil it down to, all right, if you just were going to give, give, two things to do with food, because I I feel like that's where I am. If you can't simplify it and I can't easily make one decision to change how my family eats, then we're probably not going to do it. I'm not going to measure, I'm not to the point, I'm not going to measure my protein, my fat and my carbs and put those into a calculator every time I eat. But what I can do is say, we just don't have sodas in the house. There's one thing that has, you know, we just don't drink sodas, period, boom. And that itself has done away with lots of future decisions. We don't have candy in the house, you know, things like that. Are there two things you would say that apply to most everyone? Like, hey, if I could do two things with food, what would those things be?
1: Yeah. Uh, and I just personally, uh, um, inflammatory oils. Uh, vegetable oil, canola oil, Crisco, safflower oil, oil, sunflower oil, canola. Did I already mention that one? I think so. Um, but just eliminating all those oils from your pantry because if they're there, you're tempted to use them, you know, every cookbook you open up, uh, you know, baking, you know, whatever it may be is going to ask for a big glob of margarine and a big glob of Crisco. And at the root of it, I think personally, that is what has screwed up our ability to burn fat for energy. Mm -hmm. So eliminating inflammatory oils. So then, you know, what do you replace it with? Um, avocado oil, coconut oil uh, olive oil Uh, those are pretty much the only three oils we use in our house Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not like that's not a groundbreaking change right it's just knowing hey I should stay away from these things and gravitate towards these things and yeah you may have to adjust some recipes a little bit but that's what Google's for Mm -hmm. right yeah Um, and then the, the the real challenge with that same conversation is uh, when you eat out, um, just knowing—and I'm not saying I don't eat out—but I just know when I eat out what I'm getting, right? Because you know, if you if you go to restaurants, it's about profit, right? It's not about your health. They they've got to use ingredients that allow them a gap to pay all the employees and their rent and their franchise fee and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so just know they're using those really cheap, really bad for you ingredients. And just knowing that because it says vegetable oil does not mean it's healthy, right? Mm. Uh, because that's the way it was sold forever. Oh, it's vegetable oil. Mm. Well, I don't eat enough vegetables. I'll just get some vegetable oil, <laughs> right? Um, that's number one. And then, and then processed sugar. Uh, I mean, we get so much sugar in our life. Even if you clean up sugar, you know, like oh, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna eat cereal. Uh, I'm not gonna eat that bear claw that that man and there's some good honey buns out there man right absolutely but just knowing that that stuff's just a inflammatory bomb for your body Um, so processed sugar would be those two things inflammatory oils and processed sugar Um, but you know that can go even deeper Uh, you know because a lot of people you know this is the standard recommendation when you go to your primary care well you know, lose weight you need to exercise and do more well then doctor what should I eat well, more fruits and vegetables, right? So, what are fruits and vegetables? They're carbohydrates, mm-hmm. right? Now, some you know some of those are tied in with some fiber, and you can kind of get into the whole net carb conversation. But ultimately, if I eat it, does it require an insulin response to to handle the sugar load? Well, if it's a big response, then that's bad for you. If it's a prolonged response, then that's bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some nerdy ways about nerdy ways about figuring that out, um, and your genetics do play in. But baseline, if hey, there's two things I want to do. Um, well, pay more attention to the oils that you're eating, and pay more attention to the sh- the carbohydrates, the sugar mm-hmm. that that you're eating. Uh, those would be the two big things. I love those two things.
0: It, can you? I mean, in sixty seconds, can you explain? what does happen inside my body when I eat a giant bag of potato chips?
1: Yeah. So two things, uh, you're going to have a carb, you're going to have an insulin response to the carbs that you're eating. So your, your body is, there's four grams of carbs running around your bloodstream at any time. So on average that puts the average human in at a blood glucose level of 80 to a hundred so as you eat in that sugar, you know, the food goes down into your gut, your gut breaks it down, it, then that, 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 those carbohydrates come over into your blood system, go to your liver first, and then your your body creates a response, mainly an insulin response, because it's toxic to have all that glucose running around, all that sugar running around in your blood, it's, that's what eats up everything, so your body doesn't want that, so it produces insulin that then tells your peripheral fat cells hey take all that sugar and shove it in there we can't have it in the bloodstream mm-hmm. um can i have more than 60 seconds no please okay <laughs> oh, perfect um and then you know your 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 body then normalizes your glucose level back to 80 or 100 that's if you're in tune mm-hmm. uh, you know if your you know, average health uh On the other aspect of that is there's a lot of inflammatory oils in there most most chips are made with they're fried in vegetable oils or baked with vegetable oils so then your body creates this whole inflammatory response to deal with with that Mm -hmm. um which can affect the way your body produces insulin in response to that carbohydrate or that sugar load and i I think that's another point of confusion sugar or carbohydrate they're Mm -hmm. the same thing Right, so don't 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 confuse those things. They're the same thing. Just most people think sugar is that powdery white substance that we throw in the, our coffee every morning, but that's not the only thing that sugar is. Any carbohydrate is sugar. Um, was that what you were looking for? Yeah. So the the problem. Correct me if I'm wrong. The
0: processed foods and the amount of food and sugary drinks that we have are only. 75 years old before that it, it really wasn't an option right? right so suddenly the body that has been uh, evolving and changing for lots and lots and lots and lots of years is now subject to foods and an amount of food that I mean you're you're never more than uh, an arm's length away from 5000 calories or you can you know you can whip into any drive-through window and get 4000 calories for $12 the yeah. body has not it was not prepared and not suited not built to adapt to that so your pancreas for for some people you know you're you're chugging a tea or a a pancake or cereal for breakfast so your pancreas is just working 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 Mm -hmm. to produce that insulin then at lunch same thing you're eating you know grab a cheeseburger and fries your pancreas goes to work goes to work goes to work then you eat a heavy dinner you know maybe something fried or chips or crackers or cookies and maybe grab a soda in between there somewhere. So basically, uh, your body's dealing with something that 100 years ago, it never would have come into contact with, maybe at a birthday party. And now, essentially, from your body's perspective, you're eating cake three meals a day.
1: Well, Did they have birthday parties 100 years ago?
0: (laughs) I'm I'm sure they had. I I bet their kids (laughs) did not have a birthday party every year. What do you think? Well, when did – let them eat cake. When was that? When did that come about? I don't know. So so, I think – even people who would say, you know, you, you have patience. I see comments come across that say, man, I, I'm still exercising and I'm eating pretty decent. When I look around at the rest of America and I'm still gaining weight, I still can't lose weight. That's not just a quantity of food issue. Now it's a quality of food,
1: quality of food yeah. and a, a metabolic. I mean, your body is now messed up, right? Yeah. And it, 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 depending on who you are and, and, and some, some other aspects, genetics included, how well do you recover from from the years of of kind of toxic eating? Um, and and some people that can be two weeks, and some people that can be eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of depends on where you were. So let's kind of go back to that uh, that that insulin response. So say you know we just described eating a bag of chips, but what happens over years of daily bag of chips is your your fat cells start saying we've seen you insulin we don't want to pay attention to you anymore we don't want any more of your excess carbohydrates being stored in our fat cells so then your sugar levels start creeping up so baseline you know healthy is 80 to 100 a little unhealthy is like 100 to 110 a lot unhealthy is anything over 120 uh so your your body still does not want that sugar running around in your blood So then it starts producing more insulin to get that same ability to store that excess carbohydrate, excess sugar into your fat cells. Um, Now, the real bad thing happens next is that your brain, specifically the hypothalamus, little area of your brain, it monitors all this insulin production. And when it sees those those average levels of insulin rising, it has the ability to then send a message to the fat cells to make more. So now you start making more fat cells, and that's when when people talk about that body set weight or that set point. Mm. That uh, and everybody has that frustrating weight. Like, man, you know, two oh five. I can lose fifteen, I can gain ten, but always come back to two oh five mm. or you know whatever that weight is. And that's physically your brain telling the rest of your body, hey, this is where we need to be based off of what we're what we're seeing in our in our daily consumption. Um, I don't know why I went back to that, but there we are. Yeah. Talking about, uh, what happens inside the body when you oh. eat a bag of potato chips? Yeah. You ask, you know, people come in saying, Hey, I've cleaned things up. I'm active. Uh, so that's kind of step one. Now step two is kind of fine tuning. All right. Lab, lab wise. Where are you? What, what's your, what, are, what is your body saying based off of what you've been doing? Uh, is it working? Is it not working? Do we need to change, change some things? Uh, two, the two lab markers I follow probably the most closest, number one is my omega-6 to omega-3 profile. And that's kind of a measure of how, how good of a job am I doing with cleaning all those toxic oils out of my body, right? Because say, say I go through a couple months where I eat out more than I normally do. And it is amazing how little of that it takes to throw your numbers off right. And you feel it, right. Mm-hmm. That those input impl- when your omega sixes get a little higher, you, you know, body aches a little bit more, your, your hips hurt when you get out of bed in the morning, things of that nature. Um, and then the other thing is my, my hemoglobin a one C specifically my fasting glucose. If you want to get really nerdy fasting insulin, and then that score combines to for a HOMA IR. Uh, so your insulin response, um, so you know, if anybody wants to get really nerdy, those those are the things you're you're looking at, because yeah, you know, I can I can I can think I'm eating healthy, I'm making the right choice, but if I check my labs and those things disagree, then I got to change something, mm-hmm. right?
0: Okay, food. So those are two things you said for food. Do you have one or two things you would say for movement, exercise? Because you. you can sit, you see tons of people jogging for, you know, I'm I'm jogging five miles a day now and not seeing a a change or benefit. Is there a certain one or two things of, Hey, this is what you should do. If you're not doing anything else like you're getting way into, I wrote it down. You're getting way into Omega six, Omega three, a one C you're you're getting way, way into the weeds. If you just backed up and said, okay, but before you get to any of that, here's the foundational couple things you need to know about how the body best takes on exercise.
1: Yeah, so your body's meant to move, right? I mean, that's the reason we walk on two feet. Um, um, Well, that that didn't make sense, but that's the reason that's the reason we go (laughs) uh, that's that's the reason we are human, right? It wants to move. Um, So if baseline, if you're not moving, just move, right? So walk, I mean, people drastically underestimate the power of walking Uh, for millennia. People walked. I mean, only in the past fifty years is there is there a Gold's Gym, a Crunch, uh, a CrossFit box on every corner. Um, but only since those things have been around have we had an obesity issue, mm-hmm. right? So before then, people just walked, uh, or you know, best case, there was some sort of gym at your high school that you went to. Um, the the one well, I think one of the bigger problems with exercise number one is people overdoing it and not allowing for recovery, you know, cause you get on a health kick. Now I'm seven days, seven days a week in the gym, two hours at a time. Uh, yeah, you're putting it, you're putting in the effort, but are you getting the benefit? Right? So, you know, knowing, I guess knowing you're getting a benefit from what you're doing. Um, also knowing that your body adapts, right? So if I, if I was to start jogging, yeah, up front, I would probably lose some weight and see some health benefit. But if I never modified my pace, my intensity, uh, and so I, and to, I know Maddie doesn't want me to get really nerdy here, but, but there's kind of five zones of training, zone one down to, z, to, to up to zone five training. Uh, and that's all based off kind of your VO2 maxes and your heart rate. We'll, we'll keep it simple at heart rate. But say, you know, I'm not a big runner. Uh, I don't really think running is the key to health and wellness. Uh, but if you love running, keep running. Um, but say, say I was going to go run. And at first, those first couple months, man, I go for a jog, my heart rates at 160. Uh, I'm getting to anaerobic training, Uh, I'm really building up tolerance. Um, And then as your body is able to do that without your heart pumping through your chest, um, you kind of get into that sweet that zone two zone three training. Um, You can only burn fat when oxygen is readily available. So if i'm exercising to a point where i can't have a conversation with somebody without you know bending over and cramping and vomiting um you're not burning fat you're building endurance Mm -hmm. and then you get to this sweet spot of fat burn and then your body adapts a little bit more and now your heart rate doesn't get up far enough to get into that fat burn zone so now you're zone one like low end zone two training and people this is a fairly hard concept but the Orange Theory that this gym that we have in town now—that's the whole premise behind Orange Theory—is they they do some monitoring where they can keep you in whatever zone that you're targeting, right? Am I am I doing this for endurance? Am I doing this for strength? Am I doing this for fat loss? All right, well, let's put you in the right zone. Hmm. That's hard to do on your own, and i it's, i mean, I still don't. You know, I, if I get on a Peloton bike, my my heart rate's 180, 200, and I think I'm dying. <laughs> Uh, not healthy right, right. Uh, but then you know because you have some direct monitoring with peloton now like i can i can put that effort in know when i'm in that target heart range but also knowing long term that that target heart range changes based off of your fitness level mm-hmm. right I, I think that's like the senior thesis level <laughs> explanation of that <laughs> but but started with walk walk <laughs> and then just knowing all right there's there's two there's two uh glucose carbohydrate sugar sinks in your body your liver and your muscles right and the healthier your liver the more muscle you have it's i kind of equate it to you know i grew up on the coast and there's we have marshland so we have land dry land and we have we're surrounded by marshland and that so when storms come in that marshland absorbs a lot of the water to prevent us from getting just immediate flooding from a storm, right? And that, that's how I kind of view muscle and liver, right? So if, if you if your liver is healthy, you've got a significant muscle load or an appropriate muscle load on your body for your for your height and weight. You ha- you can blunt that that glucose that carbohydrate storm because you've got that sink. So your body wants it preferentially wants to fill up the liver and the muscle first. Right, but you kind of modern the modern American, I'm never depleting my muscle, I'm never depleting my liver mm-hmm. of that that glycogen, that excess glucose, so my body preferentially puts it into into the fat cells, so I don't have that sink. I don't mm-hmm. have that ability to, to to tolerate that sugar carbohydrate storm. It goes straight to fat, right, so you know a lot of it's maximizing that how how do you do that? well uh man putting me on the spot here well Uh, was that your because for exercise you said walk was there was that getting into your second thing or was that well so if if you if you're say you you do nothing right now just walking you're gonna Mm -hmm. you're gonna maintain more muscle structure you've got to balance you got to put all that stuff in to being able to just walk Mm -hmm. efficiently Mm -hmm. uh not just from you know car to door to couch Mm -hmm. to desk at work to um so you're naturally gonna to to you're going to you're going to build more muscle doing that way so if you if you want to get like next level uh the bigger the muscle group the the bigger the sink so you know things like deadlift you know really 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 utilizing your your legs your big muscle groups uh you know i'm not going to be in the gym doing calf raises mm. uh, you know if you're if i'm doing this for weight loss i'm really stimulating those big muscle groups um so you know that's you know one technique yeah
0: lift slow and heavy yeah you'd say walk and then lift weights before doing
1: some high intensity cardio oh right. yeah, yeah for sure now i anybody listening to this and you this is all confusing you come come talk to us right because there's there's a lot of things that go into this number one don't get injured right because that was that was kind of my crossfit experience i got really really fit really was doing well on it and then you you hurt a shoulder or you hurt a back and then what, then you, it, you, you you can, you can work out for six months and lose it all in 10, 10 days (laughs) after an injury. Right. Right. Uh, so it's more about just preservation. Like what can I do consistently, you know, for the rest of my life and not get hurt. Uh, so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, where do I start? What do I do? Come, come see us, come, come have that conversation because it's worth it. Um, uh, or, or a personal trainer, uh, we can we can help with that stuff. Yeah, you guys are doing uh, all your visits, televisits now. No, uh, you know if you want to come to the clinic, you can you can definitely come in. Uh, usually, if it's just an educational visit, uh, we we'll, we try to push that to televisit. But that being said, uh, if you want to come in, come in. You just you gotta you gotta let the the scheduler know. Hey, I want this to be in the clinic. Yeah. You need to do a Facebook Live uh, health and wellness chat. Well, you usually set that up for me. <laughs> All right. I'll so do it. Put it on your schedule. Okay. Wow, we, we really didn't – I had you as a guest, and we only really, really dove into who you are I don't, and what you do. I don't have a lot to offer. Um, you're a pretty fit guy. Uh, just kind of give me things you've done in your life, like since you've given me numbers, top, top two things you've changed in your life. And and I don't know if you want to go there, you can kind of give some insight to the things you've struggled with, Mm -hmm. uh, energy production, um, you know, kind of just kind of give us a little blurb about that. Sure.
0: Yeah. We, well, like I said, I grew up with no, really no thought of health and wellness. I remember the first time I made a, a change with what I ate, I was a freshman in college and i would go every day to not every day but most days i would go through taco bell and get the grilled stuffed burrito oh man it was so good it was so good and it was cheap uh, and i didn't have a lot of money and then i i don't know if i i saw something on tv or uh, there was an article that i read that said you know top 10 worst foods you can eat and grilled stuffed burrito was right up there in the top few and so i read the nutritional information on the grilled stuffed burrito and i thought holy cow i never really thought about that and i i went cold turkey never had another one and kind of same thing with soda you know i i was just ignorant didn't know anything and i would drink soda just whenever you wanted a soda and and i saw the nutritional information i saw you know whatever read an article or heard someone talk about it and just pretty much went cold turkey and just don't drink soda anymore and really i mean i would say for food that's kind of our big eighty twenty decision is we just don't eat out much so you know if you don't eat out and you don't eat candy and you don't drink coke then that makes it fairly easy and then about nine years ago started having some health struggles and not to go into that too deeply but one of the things that i thought it was was uh, gluten intolerance which i do have my granddad had celiac disease and so it just stopped eating gluten cold turkey, uh, you know, any wheat product. So there went crackers, chips, cookies, cake, any bread, right? Buns on burgers. So if you don't if you don't drink beer and you don't eat bread, then you're you're gonna have a uh, you're gonna have to work a little harder to gain weight. So that that helped tremendously. No beer. No beer for no. years. Is there a gluten free beer? There is. Yeah, there's a couple. They're what? not that great. What are they? I don't even know what they're called. No. I I tried it once. But.
1: Well, I remember during the Super Bowl. They were, you know, was it like Coors Light and Bud Light or Miller Light having the war over high fructose corn syrup? <laughs> you, you remember the, you know, the, the they were in the castle and uh, they were delivering the big vat right. of high fructose corn syrup, right? And I can't remember which one which one uses high fructose corn syrup. Was it was it Bud Light or Miller Light? I don't know can't either.
0: Remember. It's great marketing, but they they did such a good job. I can only remember the two brands. I can't remember who did
1: it. No, oh, I don't even know if it was those two brands. Was it? Oh, I think it was. Okay. Um, man, what else? Ah, uh,
0: those are the two big things that we do. I, I, know we're a good ways in. We might have to do a second one. If you
1: want to talk about health struggles. Yeah. Um, because we are, are two guys in the, in the midst of raising children. I want to have you back on to talk about how to be healthy with kids oh gosh because that's a challenge for all of us I mean most of our patients me included like how do you man, I just got back from a road trip with my kids it was atrocious yeah um, and there's lots of crumbs all over the back seat. <laughs> now yeah. we got an ant problem it's just a com- it's a compounding issue yeah um, well good um, well Maddie, thanks for being on the podcast yeah thanks for inviting me that was fun okay thank you guys for listening